Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hoping for the best, preparing for the worst, Boris Johnson's mantra as he unveils his plan to return to normality as early as November. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. For three weeks now, the number of new cases identified through testing each day has been below 1,000. The latest sage advice is that across the UK... The R rate remains between 0.7 and 0.9. SAGE also assess that the number of infections is shrinking by between 5 and 1% every day. 116 days since England's lockdown began. Further details on how it might end. On Friday, Boris Johnson set out the next steps aimed at boosting the country's economic recovery and gradually returning, he said, to life as normal as far as possible. Now, anybody in England can use public transport where necessary, though the Prime Minister encouraged people to consider alternative means of getting around, and local councils are to be given greater powers to enforce local lockdowns. From the first of next month, businesses will be given more discretion to decide whether their employees should return to work. Most remaining leisure settings will reopen, including bowling alleys, skating rinks and casinos, and beauticians can perform facial treatments. And to prepare for a possible second wave, testing capacity will be increased to around half a million tests a day by the end of October, and the NHS will be given a £3 billion cash injection. So to discuss the government's change in messaging and what it means for the country, I gave Anna Mihailova, the Telegraph's deputy political editor a call. Anna, thank you for dialing in. We've already lived through one of the struggles of working from home for many, which is technical difficulties, because I've already made you jump through all sorts of hoops to get on this call. <laughs> um, but that is one of the main things that Boris Johnson was talking about today, the change in advice from working from home to employers deciding whether their employees can go back to work. The government's chief scientific advisor, Sir Patrick Vallance, said on Thursday that there was no reason to change the advice to work from home. That's led to a new, renewed focus today on how much the government's actually listening to scientific advisors, hasn't it, Anna? Well, the main point today that's come across from Boris Johnson and also from Number 10 is that it is the politicians who are deciding. So they've moved away from how at the start of the crisis they were saying we are guided by the science, uh, appearing symbolically with Chris Whitty and Patrick Vallance at the conferences uh, at either side of Boris Johnson every time. Now it's very much been clear that the ministers have listened to the scientists and have decided that they will change the guidance on working from home because 
they are very concerned more and more that the economy is just not getting back to where they thought it was. I think part of the problem here is there is a difference between the government wanting everyone to be back uh, which is obviously something the scientists don't want. And the scientists look at it from the a- absolute terms like that. So perhaps they're modelling a scenario where 100% of people go back to offices and, and then the tube gets overcrowded and it becomes tricky. But what we actually see is when the politicians do implement their measured advice, people don't tend to behave in the way that is expected. So people are continuing to be extremely cautious even in terms of doing things that they are allowed to do, uh, the Bank of England governor this week told Conservative MPs that he has been shocked going into the city to work in the bank, just how few people are actually doing it. We're hearing more and more evidence anecdotally of officers telling workers to not work, you know, to continue working from home until September, some even until January. And what the government really wants to do is to change the focus here and encourage more businesses to start bringing people back, provided they have made their offices COVID secure and put in different steps. But they're trying to wean people off doing everything from home, doing everything on Zoom. And the Prime Minister did himself praise Zoom and said, you know, we've all discovered the wonders of Zoom in lockdown, but it's now time to get back to the old desk. Cynics would say that Boris Johnson's passing the buck to employers by making them make the decision. Well, his message is actually quite a conservative one. He says it's not the government's job to tell employers what to do. And I think that will resonate with a lot of people, certainly a lot of conservative voters and a lot of businesses, because there is, of course, an element where when there's a public health crisis, of course, the government, like with the general lockdown, had to just step in and say, right, you're, you all have to follow these rules. But at the time, I mean, we're all used to it now because it's happened. But at the time, that was extraordinary. And even though every country did it, it is still a very antithetic thing to do for someone like Boris Johnson. So actually, his message today was much more in line with his general uh, where he's at. I think you're quite right, Anna. I think it is very easy to forget quite how extraordinary we all thought the order from the Prime Minister to work from home in mid-March was and quite how unprecedented it was. And now we're all terribly used to battling with Zoom and all the other things that I spend my day doing. Another development, of course, that we heard on Friday was that local authorities in England are going to be given the power to impose local lockdowns, uh, much like the one we've seen in Leicester. So that means that they can close businesses and they can cancel events. How significant is that? That is significant because it's part of So there are two things going on at the moment. One, the government really wants the economy to open up more. And I think part of the reason this is being ramped up now is while it's still the summer, while it's still warm and before the winter hits in, when the virus is expected to get worse and before the winter flu season kicks in, which would maximise the strain on hospitals, they want things to open up and the activity to resume as much as possible in July, in August, in September, before there is potentially a second wave and um and and so there's there's that there's this effort to open up and then there's also the effort to try and mitigate when uh, the virus if if and when the virus returns and the real concern from the government and very much from the treasury is a second national lockdown would be a disaster you are already facing the worst recession in 300 years and if this happens again, if, if, a, if a general shutdown has to take place, then that really will bring the economy to a total standstill. So 
that's why they are trying to devolve powers much more to the local authorities. So empower them to be able to say, tell people, don't use public transport, don't go to work, work from home in much more localised areas. And it's all part of the effort to try and prevent a natural lockdown. So we will see more of these Leicester style lockdowns um, going forward. And if, and that is also, of course, coupled with the test and trace system and the fact that they have to get that up and running more and functional because none of this local lockdowns really works unless you've got a proper testing system in place. On testing, test capacity, Boris Johnson confirmed, is set to be increased to 500,000 tests a day by the end of October. How much of an increase is that on our current capacity? So currently, and since the end of May, we've been at around 200,000 capacity for tests. And that was the target that was achieved back then. It was actually exceeded from what they were saying they would reach. Now, Boris Johnson is obviously saying, we're setting quite an ambitious target here for half a million test um, capacity. Now, that is significant because, as the government points out, that will allow whole city testing. So if there is an outbreak like in Leicester, they'll be able to test everyone, not just people with symptoms, but people who don't have symptoms. And a lot of people say because of the nature of coronavirus and the fact that you do get people who are asymptomatic, you need to blanket test everyone if you think there's another spike coming. And this being able to reach this testing capacity is a really crucial part of, again, trying to avoid a national lockdown and trying to locally tackle the virus. I got the impression today that Boris Johnson was allowing himself to look further forward than he had in in previous announcements and press conferences. Um, He said it was his strong and sincere hope that social distancing could be over by November. Um, There was talk of people potentially enjoying Christmas. How much can we read into this more positive tone? Well, I think what we really saw today was Boris Johnson, the optimist, finally. You know, this is the, he's really uncomfortable delivering bad news. You can always see it from the mm-hmm. start of this crisis. Uh, every press conference, he really, really isn't uh, where he is comfortable as a politician. He doesn't like clamping down on, on liberties and all of that. And here he's striking this optimistic tone. He's saying that, you know, while we are tackling the virus, um, we, we should prepare for the worst. We should hope for the best. And uh, talking about trying to normalise things by Christmas, he also mentioned that he would try and get rid of social distancing by November, you know, this uh, try and get in a position where the virus is tackled enough to not have to do even the one metre rule. All of this is designed to boost confidence back, trying to get people to say to see that there's hope. Because let's face it, sometimes, you know, when you read the papers and you see people say that none of these measures will be really gone until you have a vaccine, that causes people to change their behaviour. So, if you are worried that all of this is going to be going on for possibly years, if not months, then you won't go out and spend in the summer. You're not going to go out to the shops, book a holiday, you know, staycation or anything. And I think that is something that will then have a damaging effect on the economy and and lower our chances of getting the country back on its feet. Uh, because, of course, Of course, tackling the virus is one major priority, but also getting back to economic growth, preventing unemployment from being as bad as it could be. These are really, really important things right now. 
Yeah, Boris Johnson was in fact so optimistic, Anna, that he almost inadvertently changed the rules around grandparents looking after their their grandchildren when he got himself in a bit of a muddle. A member of the public asked whether her children could be looked after by their grandparents without social distancing. Let's take a listen to the Prime Minister's answer. The answer there is that I think your your grandparents would, uh, to your children's grandparents, would 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 count as uh, part of the the bubble that you're forming uh, with, as it were, within uh, with, with two households uh, indoors. So I think you'd be okay, uh, Victoria. I, mean, I can tell you, you'd be okay uh, to continue uh, with those childcare arrangements within within your household. But in reality, support bubbles only apply if one household is a single person household, which when we're talking about children and grandparents isn't the case. The Prime Minister got himself in a bit of a muddle there. That's right. Uh, it sort of caused everyone to immediately be quite optimistic on whether or not the guidance had changed for grandparents. But we clarified that straight away and were told that no, it hasn't. The Prime Minister was referencing the old guidance, which does indeed say that a couple uh, with children can form a bubble with a grandparent, but as long as it's only one grandparent um, living as an adult in a household. So you, you can't do it. You can't go around to your um, to a set of grandparents or to both sets of grandparents. And that guidance does still stand. So it was a little bit confusing and uh, did possibly give a false sense of hope to families with childcare issues. If you've been left at all confused by today's announcements, uh, I'm going to put a link to a piece called What Are the Current UK Lockdown Rules, which does exactly what it says on the tin. It's a full write-up from Anna and the rest of our political team with all the details of Boris Johnson's next steps in his roadmap to ending the lockdown and everything that you need to know for what the rules are now and any planned changes. Uh, Link to that in the show notes. Of course, as always, you can get 30 days access to The Telegraph completely free when you go to telegraph.co.uk slash audio. The rest of the coronavirus latest news. Matt Hancock's ordered an urgent review into the reporting of coronavirus deaths after claims Public Health England over-exaggerated the true figures. Oxford University experts suggest a significant proportion of the official daily death toll are people who've recovered from COVID-19, then gone on to die from other causes. Professor Carl Hennigan, director at Oxford Centre for Evidence-Based Medicine, claims the true number of people dying with COVID-19 in England is likely to be between 30 and 50 a day. India's added a record number of COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours, taking its total number of confirmed cases to over 1 million. The country's seen the world's third highest number of cases after the US and Brazil. And it's seen over 25,000 deaths with the virus, making it the eighth worst affected country. India is using intermittent local lockdowns to fight the pandemic after reopening in June. British Airways is to retire its fleet of Boeing 747s with immediate effect. 31 planes are to be taken out of use due to falling demand in the wake of the coronavirus crisis. The company had planned on retiring the planes in 2024, but the move was brought forward because of the downturn. That is all from me this week. I'll be back on Monday with your next podcast. Uh, Subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss that. And thank you so much to all of those who've left reviews for this podcast on Apple Podcasts. How many times can someone say podcast in one sentence? It really helps me know that we're giving you the kind of things that you want to listen to. And if you haven't already and you fancy giving the show five stars, I really won't stop you. If you'd like to get in touch, maybe you have a question or a topic you think we should be covering, email me. It's correct. 
coronavirus podcast at telegraph.co.uk or you can find me on Twitter. It's at T underscore Leludis. In the light of today's announcements, I'm also going to put a piece by my colleague Rosa Silverman. Um, she's written a comment piece about why it's not just fear stopping us commuting, it's that we found a better way. She says that the government's concerned about the lack of commuters in city centres, but who can blame us for not wanting to waste more hours of the day? Uh, certainly, I think that's something that's resonating with people now that we could potentially be encouraged back to work. Would we want to? Link to that, as always, in the episode description. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.